you're listening to a Two Jackets podcast. Check out more at twojackets.com. Welcome to Sham Fiction, the podcast where we break the first rule of fan fiction, that you have to be a fan to write it. We're Two Jackets Productions. I'm Andrew. I'm Eric. And I'm Marcus. Here's the format. Each installment, Andrew, Eric, or Marcus will be presented with a media franchise that they are unfamiliar with and challenged to write fan fiction about it. We'll start by giving the author some basics, like characters, overarching plots, and those special elements that make each franchise great. The author will then take this info, throw out what they don't like, add a generous helping of creative license, and come back ready to read their masterpiece for all of us to enjoy. It's fan fiction written by non-fans. It's sham fiction. This week's author is Andrew. Hey everybody, it's Andrew, and I'm writing this week, as the intro probably already told you. But guys, what do you got for me? (laughs) You don't listen to the intro for your own podcast? I I, I skip by it. I go 15, 15. All right, now we start. All right. Uh, So what do we got? We got something exciting for you, Mr. Neal. This is something we've been wanting to do for a long time, and it's kind of cheating, but we're going to do it anyway. (laughs) Oh, yeah. We we passed the halfway point in this series, so we're going nuts. Um, (laughs) (laughs) So we are presenting to you A Knight of the Seven Kingdoms, which is a collection of novellas set in the world of A Song of Ice and Fire, or as TV viewers might know it, Game of Thrones, (gasps) written by George R.R. Martin. I believe that's how you pronounce that. Yeah, I think so. It's uh, like it's like a record scratch. Yeah, er, er. it was uh, published like, like his forebearer, J. Er, er, Turking. Uh, <laughs> no relation. No relation. That was ju- er, er. wow. <laughs> Starting off right. Story. <laughs> so it's it's a knight of the a seven, knight of seven kingdoms. So it's a collection of three novellas. Uh, these are the Tales of Dunk and Ag. There are scheduled to be about 12 of them. There are three published. To be clear, this collection came out in 2015, but the stories came out between 1998 and 2010. So if you want to have something else waiting for you from George R. R. Martin in the indescribable future, <laughs> take this up, your listeners. It'll be a lot of fun. Oh, I can't so believe much I haven't read this. Like, I mean, it works out so we can do it on the show, but yeah, yeah. I'm and such again, a huge fan. like Marcus said, this is kind of cheating because we all know Game of Thrones pretty well. And Andrew, you have a a pretty impressive knowledge of this world, so we are kind of uh, we're kind of going a bit beyond. Um, but as we Let's mentioned. Get yeah, as we mentioned uh, last week, we're going to do things. We're taking a page from our dueling shamfic stories, and we're going to time this thing. So we're going to give ourselves 15 minutes to describe this. We've already sort of cheated with that, too, because we, we introed it. But uh, let's kick it off now, shall we? Starting now. Boom. So, Night of the Seven Kingdoms. Uh, this takes place about 100 years before Game of Thrones takes place. So this is in King's Landing... There's a simpler time, a King's Landing, time. or not King's Landing. It's in, it's in Westeros. It's in uh, Westeros. Parts yes. of it take place in King's Landing. They could. They could if you wanted it to. If, if yeah, if that's the way you're feeling. Uh, so yes, this is in Westeros, and it follows the story of two guys, the tales of Dunk and Egg. So you could assume it's about Dunk and Egg. So who are these guys? Yeah. Who? Uh, uh, yeah, 
you you begin. You tell me about Dunk. I'll talk about Egg. Exactly. So so Dunk is a former squire of Sir Arlen of Pennytree, who is a hedge knight. Hedge knights are people who just run around the country and fight for whoever's paying them, kind of like sellswords, but more noble, and they're proper anointed knights. Uh, they have less respect than knights of great houses. And Dunk is not a very smart guy. He's often referred to as Dunk the Lunk, <laughs> but he's, he's <laughs> all lunk. heart. Uh, and the important thing to know about Dunk is that he is tall. He was nearly seven feet tall. Uh, eventually That's he goes, tall. goes by the name of Sir Duncan the Tall, because these stories start out where Dunk has been knighted by Sir Arlen. Any knight can make another knight. And Sir Arlen has died. So Dunk is young, alone in the wide world, and trying to figure out his way as a knight. Yeah, the I think he's about uh, 16 or 17 years old, actually, in this, which is, in the world of uh, Game of Thrones, we know that it runs a little young, so that it is more or less a man, but a very young man. Well, So, for the show watchers, uh, the characters that we love on Game of Thrones, like Jon Snow and Robb Stark, I think are 14 in the book series. When right. it starts, they're like, I'd say probably about 15. 14, yeah. 15? Somewhere yeah. in there. Someone it's who's listening teenagers. will know better than us. <laughs> kids. We would call them kids. Yes. Definitely. So, yeah, so that's that's Duncan. Uh, and he he's, you know, not the brightest, but he's got a lot of heart. He's got the will to do well and to live up to Sir Arlen's example. And he very quickly meets a young boy who he thinks could possibly be his squire. Who is that young boy, Eric? That boy is Egg, just referred to as Egg, E-G-G. Um, he is a, like, a, a when we first meet him, he's about eight years old, eight or nine. Uh, he is this scrawny little boy, completely bald, which is very strange and different. Everyone kind of assumes he's sick, because when you have, like, terrible lice or something wrong... Uh, with your head, they, they tend to shave you. Um, so everyone just kind of assumes that he's sick all the time. But he is this this uh, this precocious little little shit. And uh, by the way, <laughs> this is a, an explicit episode because it's Game of Thrones. They We're saw the to e. swear. Exactly. Um, but he is the only reason uh, he eventually becomes uh, the young Dunk's squire is basically because he says he is. Hey, I'm going to be your squire. Dunk says no. He follows him anyway and starts squiring for him. And now he's a squire. He's like so, the Donna Moss of this story. <laughs> yeah. Sounds like it. Yeah. So he is has a lot of... He's very willful. He's extremely intelligent. And um, he meets Dunk on the road um, and just starts following him. And it is revealed pretty quickly in the story, um, though it is not common knowledge in the world, that Egg is actually somebody very important. He is the... His real name is Aegon, <gasps> and he is a Targaryen. What? He, he is the fourth son of, I believe, the cousin or uncle of the current king at the time. He is a... Uh, not in the main line of lineage of the Targaryen kingdom, uh, the the throne, but he is in there. Um, and uh, I, I guess uh, spoiler alerts for the uh, just this world. Egg does eventually become king. Uh, not what? in the not in the timeline of this story. It's when he's much older, uh, but he does become Aegon Targaryen 
whatever, like fifth of his name, fifth of his name, et cetera, yeah. et cetera. Um, but that's He's referred uh, that's, to as egg on the unlikely because yes. he was so far away from the line of succession. Yep. A lot of people had to die to make him king, but this and, is when he's like a child and yes. he is, um, he was educated all about uh, the kingdoms, about sigildry. He knows all the major houses. He knows everybody's sigil. Uh, and he's a very smart guy, knows a lot more about politics than Dunk. Dunk is just a noble man who is trying to make his way in the world and do the right thing. Egg is the one who knows the wheeling and dealing of the kingdom because he was bred for it. He grew up in it. And that contrast between these two is really important. So Egg has a lot of things that he can teach Dunk about the houses of Westeros and how that works. But Dunk is able to kind of curb this young, bratty Targaryen. Because the Targaryens have a bit of crazy. They're people who are nutty pants in uh, Aegon's family, of course. Yeah, yeah. Because of the incestuous uh, upbringing. <laughs> mm-hmm. And Dunk just doesn't care that he's a Targaryen. You know, he's, he's a simple man. He's never cared for kings or, or glory. So he will... Cup, uh, dunk on the or egg on the ear, you know, if he does something wrong, I'll clout he, you on the ear. Yeah, exactly. He says he, that constantly. I'll clout you on the ear. So they make very interesting companions because they complement each other well and they're both learning from each other. Absolutely. It's such a good little dynamic. And the fantastic thing about these stories is that it is so simple. Like, you know Game of Thrones and Song of Ice and Fire, Andrew, in that George Martin does this amazing... I'm sorry, George er, er, Martin does this amazing thing where he jumps back and forth between the viewpoints of, like, a thousand different characters. Mm -hmm. Like, chapter to chapter, you're following somebody new. Mm -hmm. In this story, it is very limited. It is a limited third-person point of view of just dunk it's it's uh third person oh. but we're we're basically in his head we know what he's thinking and what he's seeing what he's hearing what he's noticing um and as far as your writing goes it's a uh, very simple but very uh a very strong voice um so that's something to keep in mind they're a lot more of an adventure type of story they're they're coming of age tale and it's it's more fun. You know, this is before White Walkers and the Great Wars of Westeros that we see in Game of Thrones. Yeah, no, that that is a good point, that the tone is much lighter because we're not in the middle of a horrible war. Like, if you, in Game of Thrones, you chance meet somebody on the road, you're probably going to end up dead. In uh, this Dunkin' Egg Tales, if you meet, chance meet somebody on the road, they could become your best friend. You know, it's, it's uh, much different in that way. Yeah. Uh, but there are uh, larger scale things happening in the world. This story does take place during more or less peacetime, but it is following on the heels uh, about 15 years hence since uh, something, an event known as the Blackfire Rebellion. Ooh. Yes. And the Blackfire Rebellion, just to go briefly into this, because it does color a lot of these stories. There are only three stories and so far, and it colors them all. Um, the Blackfire Rebellion was a, uh, a lesser uh, side, lesser branch of the Targaryen line, uh, the leader of which decided that he was going to be king and not the current king. So he rebelled. So this is Targaryen versus Targaryen, Red Dragon versus Black Dragon, and it divided the kingdoms. Like, uh, half the houses were for the Blackfire, half the houses were for the king. 
Um, and the king ended up coming out on top in this, but who you chose in the rebellion says a lot about you. There's a lot of tricky politics with, um, oh, I don't trust you because you were a rebel, basically. Mm -hmm. You were for the Blackfire. And the details of of everything doesn't really matter, but the choice between red or black uh, is very important in this story. Uh, Dunk will meet characters who seem honorable and good, and he finds out that they were for the Black Dragon. They were rebels, basically, and that, mm-hmm. that colors everything. So there's a lot of morality going on just in related to choices that were made and why they did what they did. And, and it's all in the past now, but it still affects the, the present. And that means a lot to Egg being a Targaryen as well. Oh, yeah. He, uh, he definitely views the Blackfire side of the family as... Um, as super awful, horrible, horrible people, because the king is the king, and you got to respect that. And Dunk, um, I suppose he probably wasn't involved in this. He was too little, but mm-hmm. was like Sir Arlen on one of the sides? Did he fight for the red side? He was for the king. He was on the red side. Okay. Yes. Yep. So, um, so uh, Dunk goes into things thinking that the Black Dragon supporters are probably bad. But, you know, he learns that it's not so cut and dry. Had the Blackfire Rebellion gone well and he ended up sitting the throne, the people who supported the Red Dragon would be the ones considered the, uh, the, tra- the traitors. So mm-hmm. it's all very subjective. Um, and so we got a little less than five minutes, Marcus. What else do we got to say about this world? So I, I want to give a little context to the modern Game of Thrones world, right? Uh, because these characters relate, and that's kind of an interesting way for you to get an understanding of where they fit into this larger narrative. So these stories, there are three of them right now, there might be up to 12 if they ever get written, (laughs) Uh, are meant to chronicle the entire lives of Aegon and Duncan. And so eventually we mentioned Aeg becomes king, and uh, Dunk becomes Sir Duncan the Tall, the... uh, commander of the Kingsguard. Oh, that makes sense. And so you see that in Game of Thrones. Uh, Jamie, when he's looking at the big book of Kingsguard members in history, sees Sir Duncan's name and the list of all the great things that he's done. Uh, Egg is the little brother of Sir or of Aemon uh, Targaryen, who was the Meister up at the Wall. Oh, Aemon, yeah. Wait, how are, how are they related? Sorry. Egg's his little brother. He, he calls okay. out to him in his feverish dream when he's That's dying. right. You know, I remember egg. that. I, I, grew, mm-hmm. I dreamt I grew old. <laughs> Spo- mm. Spoilers, I guess, for that. Yeah, <laughs> <behind>. <laughs> oh, no! And uh, then there's a Blackfire who's kind of a crazy sorcerer guy, I think we should mention. Uh, a Blackfire? Is he uh, on that, that side of the family? He was a um, the, the hand of the king in this current story. First of all, in these stories so far, the king, current king, is an Ares. He's like Ares the first, not the Mad King Ares. Ares the okay. first. And his hand of the king is a relation who was a, uh, a bastard-born guy by the name of Brendan Rivers. Who, oh, from the uh, Riverlands. Yes, he, he was a, a bastard of the Riverlands, but he was legitimized at the death of the former king. So yes. he is the hand of the king, and now he is uh, known as Blood Raven. Because he Whoa. is pale white with like a, a wine stain birthmark. Um, and uh, he's this kind of Jafar character, sorceress. We, we hear about him from afar. Um, but he does eventually become, Marcus. He's the three-eyed raven. What? 
hangs out in a tree and lectures young Brandon Stark. Yep. So so that's some context there. That eventually happens. So he ends up living for a long time. Yeah. As far as Uh, potential stories that you can do, Andrew, uh, most of the action of these uh, first three tales take place in uh, the Reach and I think a bit in the Westerlands of Westeros. So, Ooh, so kind of unexplored territory there. Yeah, exactly. And most of it's there. Maybe a little bit in the Riverlands. Uh, actually, yes, there is some stuff in the third one in the Riverlands. Um, and what I like to think of this story as is a knight's tale meets Game <gasps> of Thrones. There's a lot of jousting. Like, he is a hedge knight. Uh, so he has his armor, his horses, his uh, squire, and not much else. He can win renown by fighting in tournaments and jousting. Yes. That's a, a big thing that happens in, like, all of these stories. I he, suppose since it's peacetime, there aren't, like, battles going on or anything. Yeah, exactly. Um, and so it's a lot of interrelations between him and other knights um, and just trying to be a, a noble uh, man in an ennoble world, basically. And sure. I, I'd say that you, you can set these anywhere in the Seven Kingdoms, even in Dorne. Because they travel to a place and then they do something and they leave it. Uh, the next one is going to be called the the She Wolves of Winterfell, I think. Yeah, because they're heading to uh, heading north. They're, they're heading north and there's Starks in the time. Uh, but remember, as you're doing this, that all the things that we love from Game of Thrones can be in it. You know, trial by combat, the swearing on the seven. Uh, one of the biggest, most important things is that information gets distorted because there's no clear channels you know there are yep. tavern rumors there are ravens there are those types of things so people tell stories incorrectly yep yeah that's one of my favorite parts that's really really part of the books more yeah than you hear different things from different people different interpretations of the same events yep and we have uh, about 15 seconds left so i think we did pretty well i think we covered it yeah well awesome well done so well so, done so i have some questions I yeah go for we're it at that point yep so it seems to me that dunk what dunk wants is to be a full... I mean, he's a hedge knight. Does he want to be, like, a well-respected knight? That's what he wants. Uh, well, he his ambitions really are... He knows he's a hedge knight, and he's going to be a hedge knight his entire life. He does okay. have, you know, the childish dreams of, oh, I'd love to wear a white cloak and be of the Kingsguard. Um, but he knows it's never going to happen, even though it does. <laughs> um, How unlikely. So he just, he wants to be the best uh, knight he can be. He wants to up, uh, he wants to protect the weak. He wants to uphold um, these idyllic standards of, um, of nobility, basically. He just okay. wants to be a good guy. Well, yeah. he, he was offered to be, after he makes his alliance with Egg, to become a knight for a renowned house. But he said, no, I'm a hedge knight through and through. Yeah, the uh, Egg's dad is the Prince of Summerhall. He is a, um, so he is a Targaryen, but he is the Prince of Summerhall. And Dunk was offered a, uh, basically to be a uh, knight for Summerhall. Like, and let Egg um, be his squire uh, where his family can see him, basically. And Dunk was like, no, that's not me. I'm a, I'm a vagabond, baby. I'm a, I'm a, a, a rolling wheel. <laughs> I'm a rambling man. There you go. And, uh, and uh, it eventually works out that uh, Egg is allowed to travel with him around the Seven Kingdoms to, okay. to teach him a thing or two about how to be a real man. Yes. Mm-hmm. So any, he, any other questions or should we roll into bonus points? 
what I suppose Egg's eight years old, so he doesn't have much in terms of like what he wants. <laughs> is he? Is it pretty clear what what Egg is gunning well, for? He's, he's a little princeling, you know. He's he's his uh, what he wants has been preordained. You know, he is of a noble okay. house. He's going to do whatever his house needs him to do. Marry one of his sisters. Yeah, know. exactly. Something yeah, Targaryen life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Hashtag so just... Targaryen life. <laughs> okay, so they just met on the road. Yeah, like. Egg had run away. Oh, he, he's, he was sick that's... of the family. Okay. Uh-huh. Yeah. Precocious. So yeah, bonus points. Yes. Bonus points. Marcus, you All want right. to start? Yeah, my, my bonus points. This is fun. So this is just a throwaway line at the beginning of the first uh, Duncan Egg story. They mentioned that uh, Sir Arlen was singing a song about going to see a fair maid out in Goldtown. And we get the first line of that song. Which is off to Goldtown to see the fair maid. Hi ho, hi ho, and I want you to write us a good ribald George Er, er Martin song about uh, seeing the fair maid in Goldtown. Yay! Write a song. All right, off to Goldtown to see the fair maid. Hi ho, hi ho. I love good. it. Uh, my bonus point, uh, Andrew, is going to be. Um, something that George Martin does all the time and that there's always like a repeated phrase in each of his books. Uh, like in Game of Thrones, we we get a lot about uh, making fun of people that have nipples on their breastplates. Um, you know, <laughs> as you know nothing. As nipples on a breastplate. Yeah. You know, you know nothing, Jon Snow. Uh, it is known. Yeah, it, it is, is known. known. Where do whores go? Um, there's all these repeated phrases in a night yeah. of the seven kingdoms. The repeated phrase throughout all these stories is, uh, something that, uh, Sir Arlen used to tell, um, used to tell Dunk in a very kind of, uh, uh, fun sort of teasing sort of way where he would say, uh, Dunk the Lunk thick as a castle wall. So he'd constantly, if something happens and uh, Dunk is like, oh, I should have seen that ahead of time. If only I was smarter. You know, he'd think to himself, Dunk the Lunk, thick as a castle wall. I want you to come up with something like that. A repeated phrase that appears at least three times in your story. It doesn't have to be Dunk the Lunk, but something yeah. that is repeated. And that's it. Three times. I have to come up with something new? Yes. Come okay. up with something new. Three times. So I can't say winter's coming three times? No. No. Right. You'll lose points. Every yep. time you say winter's coming, you're going to lose points. Uh-huh. <laughs> so <But> it is. <laughs> it's, it, this is spring. Eventually the stocks are always right. Yeah. But uh, anyway, that's it. Yeah, that's I got it. this. You go right. I'm going to. And, and I'm send going us to. your story by Raven. I love the shit out of this. This is going to be great. <laughs> All right. Good luck. Bye. Hey, Sham listeners. If you like the show, there are two things you can do that'll really help us out. The first is subscribe. You'll get a new episode every week in 2016 without fail. That's our pledge to you. And that'll be delivered automatically to your device. Beyond that, you could really help us out by writing a review. Let other people know what the show's about, what your experience has been. And if it's positive, all the better. If you don't feel like you can write a positive review, think about it as a writing challenge. You think you're better than us? Write a sham fiction of a good review. Make us believe that you believe in us. I know you can do it. Anyway, thanks for listening. All right, Eric. Well, Mr. Neil's off gallivanting around the Seven Kingdoms. Let us come up with our secret predictions. What do you think this man's going to write? I'm so excited for this one, Marcus.
I'm so excited. Um, I'm very excited. I uh, I mentioned something that I, I got a hint that uh, Andrew was was really really excited about. Uh, I had mentioned that this was like uh, Game of Thrones meets A Knight's Tale, and oh, I heard yeah. I, I heard a little squee from Andrew, and so I'm really really hoping that we get like a Heath Ledger uh, uh, appearance, a cameo from from Heath or any of the characters from that movie. Maybe we'll see some Alan Tudyk. That would be amazing. Like you know, I, got, I gotta like tell you, Eric, I've never seen a Knight's Tale, <gasps> so maybe you should pinch it to me sometime. Oh, I'm writing that down. We we have to. Oh my god. Okay, sidetrack, sidetrack, sidetrack. Uh, so so my my secret bonus points would then be that he pulls a real George R. R. Martin, and we don't actually hear this story until season eleven of Sham Fiction. <laughs> <laughs> you know, if he lives that long, that is. Oh, that's not nice. <laughs> It's not a nice hey, thing to say about a person. Andrew himself has said that he's not living past the age of 30. Oh, that, oh, that puts well, sure, us up Andrew, to like We can comment on Andrew's three. health as much as we want. I thought oh, you were okay. talking about George R. R. Martin's health. No, he'll definitely be dead by then. That's that's oh. not even a question. Oh, okay. But he'll need to know what happens in Sham Fiction Season 11. We've got dozens of listeners, and I'm sure he's one of them. <laughs> this one's uh, for you, George. Yep. George er, er, Thank you. All right, let's bring the guy Uh, in here. Yeah. All right, we'll bring him in. Hi-ho, lads. I have (laughs) returned. There it is. Woo! What's up, baby? We're hoping you might. Oh, from the Seven Kingdoms. Did you return having learned something on your journey? Wiser, bringing it back to your homeland? I mean, did you at least, uh, you know, meet a couple of really uh, comely lasses? Ooh. Yes to the latter. Because this Ooh. is, what, what are we talking about here? This is this is Game of Thrones. We don't learn things. We die. Or, <laughs> or right? win. Or I win. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just stating what we probably would do. Were we, <laughs> were yeah, we if, in if, Westeros? If we specifically, like if, if Andrew Neal star of Sham Fiction and whoever else is on the show. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to play the Game of Thrones. Gotcha. Yeah, no, it'd be... It turned out, I don't think it turned out well for us. It's a, it's a dark, dirty <laughs> world. Uh, are we going to hear a story from you, Andrew? We are. We're going to hear a story perhaps, from that. of the Seven Kingdoms. <laughs> what? Mayhaps. A tale. Uh. All right. Sorry, I, I, don't, I don't listen to you guys. Anyway, here we go. He's and... making his own podcast. <laughs> Remember last week when Andrew took over the podcast? All right, here we go. And we're going to get into my story. You guys ready? Yep. Yes. You look ready. The people at home don't see it, but these guys, they look ready. Okay, here we go. This is Andrew Niels. Uh, I don't do think it. Well, you were ready. You were just ready start. a few minutes ago. Just start. Now, I'm going to punch you. Okay. I'm going to punch okay. you in your throat. Okay, sounds good. Okay. <laughs> this is Andrew Neal's George R. R. Martin's A Knight of the Seven Kingdoms. <laughs> and it goes. A little something. <laughs> like this. I'm gonna let you finish. I just already lost all your points. (laughs) (laughs) 
I'm just saying, Beyonce had one of the greatest albums that happened last year. Uh-huh. Misquoting. Um, well, tune in uh-huh. next week, listeners, for the second part of this episode. <laughs> <laughs> oh, how much of this are we going to keep in? Uh, I guess you're All so close to getting I- my secret bonus punch right now. All of it. All of it. <laughs> All right. Let's do this. You could use a woman, couldn't you, Dunk? Dunk looked up from the fatty cut of pork on his plate to the boy across the table. The face of the little scoundrel bore an impish grin. Dunk sighed and finished cutting himself a piece of meat. Call me Sir Egg. And of of what use could a woman be to me at the moment? He asked as he took a bite. In addition to being fatty, the the meat was overcooked and dry, making it difficult to chew. Even so, Dunk didn't wish to complain. He was thankful enough to have a meal provided to him, rather than having to hunt for it. It's what knights do, Dunk, Egg replied, (laughs) ignoring his request. After a successful day's battle, there's nothing better than a cut of meat, a glass of wine, and a woman. (laughs) Dunk smiled a bit, despite still having to chew. And and where did you learn this? He asked with a full mouth. The guards at Summerhall, Egg responded. I'd often lunch with them during their midday rest. Their crude discussions were way more compelling than my family's prattle. Hmm. Dunk began. He finally swallowed his bite, realizing it probably could have used a few more chews. He took a swig of wine and continued. I have meat and wine. That's enough for tonight. (laughs) Seven hells, Egg cursed. You're such a bore. Watch your speech, boy. You won both bouts today, Dunk, Egg protested. You should celebrate. The boy was right about the first part. The opening day of the Lannisport tournament had gone in Dunk's favor. Call me sir, Dunk repeated, and the tourney <laughs> isn't over. We must be at the ground shortly after first light to prepare for my tilt with Heinrich Craycall. Before then, we rest. Egg groaned and tossed his fork on his plate with a clatter. I simply won't let you be so uninteresting, he said, rising from the table. Where are you going? Dunk asked in a stern voice. His squire's disobedient behavior always riled him. Then again, he recalled, (laughs) Egg isn't rightly your squire. Hmm? To make this celebration complete, the boy answered. What? To find you a woman, you lunk. (laughs) Dunk's grip tightened on his fork and his face grew hot. Boy, you are a test of the seven. Sit down. (laughs) I'll return shortly. Egg turned and walked away into the crowd of the busy tavern. I'll clout you on! (laughs) Dunk cut himself off. He didn't want to look foolish in front of the people around him, who might recognize him as a knight from the tournament. He forcefully cut himself off another piece of pork and shoved it into his mouth. The chewing helped him work off a bit of his anger, but it also made his jaw sore, which which flared up the pain in his right side. He may have won his bouts, but he hadn't escaped the day completely unscathed. Sir Yurik Payne had seen to that before falling to the dirt. I need to rest, Dunk Dunk thought. He then remembered the soft bed awaiting him upstairs and smiled. He swallowed the sufficiently chewed piece and proceeded to cut another. A few moments and bites of meat later, he heard Egg call his name. Oh, Sir Duncan, the boy's voice came from behind. (laughs) Dunk turned, and what he saw caused caused his gut to clench. Egg was making his way through the crowd, leading a woman by the hand. The men they brushed past turned to ogle her, for she was tall, Dunk reckoned about six feet, and full of figure. The dress she wore fit tight around the middle, accentuating her substantial curves. 
In addition to her striking shape, her head was topped with a cascade of wavy hair of a deep shade of red. Egg directed her to the place beside Dunk. She sat on the bench, with her back to the table, and rested her elbows on its surface. As Dunk felt her arm and hip touch his, his whole body tensed. She smirked at his reaction. You're right, Master Egg, she said. This one's a bit stiff. (laughs) Dunk was doing his best to keep his gaze on the woman's face and no lower. He noted her blue eyes and round freckled cheeks. Sir Duncan, Egg began as he returned to his seat. This is Lara. Pleasure, Lara said, running a finger down Dunk's shoulder. His face grew hot again, but not from anger. The woman chuckled. Lara wished to meet a knight from the tournament, Egg explained. Master Egg tells me you ride for House Yarwick, Lara said. Where's that family sit? They, they, uh... Dunk began, but his mouth was as dry as a Dornish afternoon. He couldn't seem to form any more words, so Egg cut in. East, he said. Lara turned to the boy. This is Lannisport, my lord. Every place is east. I suppose, (laughs) Egg replied. House Yarwick occupies a keep east of Silverhall on the Gold Road. Lara smiled. You wouldn't be lying to me now, Lara asked, turning back to Dunk. Me, milady? Egg replied. Perhaps, but not Sir Duncan. He's a good man, and a good fighter. Glad to hear it, she said, looking Dunk up and down. Ready to go up, then, my good lord? (laughs) What? Dunk thought. (laughs) Of course. His temper flared as he turned to Egg. Don't worry, sir, the boy assured him with a smirk. I'll be fine until you get back. The boy's fiendishness was enough to bring Dunk's voice back. I didn't ask you to do this, he seethed. A good squire shouldn't have to be asked, Egg replied. (laughs) He acts in anticipation of the night he serves. So you've said. Wise words, my lord, Lara added, which caught Dunk's attention. He turned to her and took a much-needed breath before speaking. Apologies, my lady. My squire was mistaken. I do not require your uh, services. What I need is rest. Lara raised a brow at this. I'm afraid you're mistaken, sir. If you believe my fee is refundable. She rested a hand on his thigh as she spoke. (laughs) Dunk felt his manhood swell at her touch. (laughs) This woman is a test of the seven, he thought. My lady, please, he urged. The boy and I need the money to feed ourselves. We cannot hunt here in the city. Neither can I, Lara replied, her voice growing soft, her hands moving slowly up his leg. What do you expect me to do without pay? Uh, Find another... Dunk's voice trailed off as her hand found his manhood through his trousers. I don't want another, she said, leaning closer. Warmth overcame him. I need... I need rest, he said quietly, her beautiful face all he could see. I can grant you that. Then her lips met his. They had left the table, pushed through the crowd, climbed the stairs, shut the door, and fallen into bed before Dunk regained his wits. He probably wouldn't have, had it not been for Sir Uric Payne's unsuccessful, but nonetheless solid, strike on the tourney grounds earlier that day. Ugh! Dunk cried as Lara fell atop him. What? Lara shouted, pushing herself up. Dunk grasped his right side under his arm. Ugh, he groaned. I was hit today. Oh no, she said with a softened voice. (laughs) We'll have to be more careful. 
She leaned in and began to kiss him. Dunk felt her delicately working on the laces of his trousers, her movements grazing his manhood. It was a pleasant <laughs> feeling, but his side continued to sear. They couldn't do this with her on top. I can't, he trailed off. What's that? she asked. I can't. You can't what? she urged, pushing away from him again and stopping her work on the trouser laces. That's when he saw it. A coin between her breasts. The money egg had paid her. Seeing it somehow... Seeing it seemed to further intensify the pain in his side. He looked at her face. Nothing had changed about it, but somehow looking at her now wasn't the same. Then he heard his own words in his head. A test of the seven. (laughs) I can't do this, he said. Of course you can, she replied. Just relax. She began to lean in, but he placed a hand on her shoulder. No, he urged. I, I, I can't. Why not? She asked. She tried to lean in again, but he turned his head away and pushed on her shoulder. The slight force shook the coin loose from her breasts. The silver stag fell onto Dunk's chest, and his body tensed. Lara looked from the coin to Dunk. She picked it up and gestured at him with it. Because of this? She asked. Dunk didn't reply. He felt a wrenching in his stomach. He closed his eyes tightly and wished for this moment to be over. Then Lara spoke. Fuck you, she seethed, climbing off him in the bed. Dunk opened his eyes as he felt her touch leave him, the pain in his side still seared. He watched as she stopped toward the door. She placed a hand on the knob, but stopped, turning back to him, face face flushed. Just leave, he thought. Please. You're a two-faced fuck, you know that? She hissed. Hedge knight. You think you're better than me because I'm paid to fuck and you're paid to fight? She spat on the floor. Whore knight is more like. She left with a slam of the door. Dunk stared at the closed door for a few minutes before turning away onto his uninjured side. The movement sent more pain through him, and he felt tears in his eyes. The wrenching in his stomach persisted. He didn't know how long he'd been lying there before he heard Egg's voice behind him. He didn't catch the first thing the boy said upon entering. What's that? Dunk asked without turning. I said, where's Lara? She left, Dunk replied. Where'd she go? The boy pressed. Dunk placed a hand on his side, which sent another bolt of pain through him. Wherever whores go. (laughs) He said before he could stop himself. He regretted it immediately. He closed his eyes and thought of the woman's last words. Dunk wanted nothing more than to rest that night. But rest never came. The end. <laughs> wow. By the old gods and new. Those sad stories, what that was. Mm-hmm. Took a turn. Laughing and enjoying my time in the tavern. Man. But, you know, I will I will say that that story made my manhood swell a little. Ooh. I don't know about you, Marcus. Uh, sorry, I, I betrayed the hill people a long time ago. Long story short, goats. Oh, no! Oh, no, goats! Oh, no! no. But the goats were well fed that day. Oh. <laughs> Hello again, that was a compliment. Employers. It was a really weird compliment. <laughs> for those non-Game of Thrones fans, it's a popular phrase for the hill people to say, I'll chop off your manhood and feed it to the goats. <laughs> you said it. 
Uh, so I counted the word manhood used three times. I had yeah. three times as well. Uh, I think that the, is the, the correct f- number. The phrase test of the seven, three yep. as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, yeah. And then, of course, some other great uh, hits, Wherever Whores Go, go the, uh, yep. the Tyrion says all the time in, oh gosh, which one? It's the most recent one. Is it Dance, Dance with, Dragons? with Dragons? Yeah. Nice. Uh, and what else is in there? There's some couch you on the ear sort of, sort That's, of language. Yeah, I, I put uh, clout you on because on you said that that was something that Dunk yelled at Egg a lot. Yes. So. Did we get a? I don't think we did. A Dunk the Lunk thick as a castle wall. I uh, did not. No, he called him a lunk at one point. Yes. There was a reference. So that was good. That was pretty pretty packed. I just like as a uh, as a fan of Game of Thrones and Song of Ice and Fire. Um, I appreciated this. I I counted three uh, three family names. We got Craycall, Payne, and Yarwick. Yes, um, Ooh, Payne, infamous. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Of of the Illin and Podrick fame. Yeah, would have been an ancestor, I suppose. Yeah, did you actually look up the time period to see if it was the correct Payne? I did for the time. Not. I didn't want to do okay. any of that, considering okay. this. I just didn't want to do any of it's that. Good. So that that may answer my other question, which is you mentioned the geography, and I was wondering if you pulled out the uh, map book that some very thoughtful person bought you sometime. <laughs> <laughs> I did. I did look up geography and nice. and where you know certain keeps and castles were and all that. And the families and the families that I mentioned. So this takes place in Lannisport, mm-hmm. and which is in the Westerlands of Westeros. And all the families mentioned are uh, loyal to House Lannister. Ah. Very nice, very cool. Um, yeah, so this was uh, this was fun. I kind of just wanna wanna hear um, from you, perhaps, sure. about how this went before, because I, I got to think about my reactions to this. Yeah. So my goal with this that I'm really interested to hear your response to, because reading it through now, I don't think I was very successful at it, especially given your reaction while I was reading it. Um, So I was really impressed what you tried to do during the Leftovers episode, Eric, with, you know, taking a character who was a call girl of sorts and seeing through her eyes. Uh And I I liked that, that. I was really taken by that, and you kind of going for that. So I wanted to try something a little trickier, um, in terms of the material and the character, just some more sensitive material. And the fact that Dunk is a hedge knight kind of kicked it off for me, where I was like, okay, so he's kind of this sword for hire, so let's try and compare that with another very popular profession in Game of Thrones, the whore. <laughs> um, people that are paid for sex. And so I wanted to bring these two sides together. And I, my goal with it was to have that turn. I wanted it to be comedy until it wasn't, you know, have to have there be a tonal shift. Um, once we get in there and we realize that Dunk, while not necessarily being a hypocrite, definitely has biases towards this other line of work, um, and so that was kind of where I was coming from with this, even though his profession and Lara's profession are similar in a lot of ways. Nice. Very cool. So 
I will say uh, that tone shift definitely happens. Mm-hmm. Um, what I what was unsuccessful for me in that attempt, however, is I didn't get any justification or internal debate other than him saying it's a test of the seven as to why he would be against horse. Yeah. Which is not the norm in Westeros. Whoring mm-hmm. is just a fact of life. Um, so that was really difficult. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that's actually playing into the default negativity that we have in our current society towards women who engage in sex openly. Um, you were using that as a baseline, I felt. You know, just that, of course he would think whoring is a bad thing because he's an upstanding person. Right, so I, I needed to see some of that on the inside. Sure. Yeah, that makes sense. It's a good point. Um, I mean, that was the the one thing I would point to as well in this story where I wasn't quite sure what happened. Like, I kind of got lost for a moment in that um, she suddenly gets angry at him and something is going on, something changed, and I wasn't quite sure what it was. And I think it's just that we did lack some of that. Like, if, like I, I get that without him saying anything, she picked up on his prejudice. Mm-hmm. Um, but without that internal internalized debate, we as an audience don't necessarily know uh, what Dunk's prejudices are. So, like, that part could be strengthened, and I think mm-hmm. you have, have something going. Um, and I, But I really like that theme, that thematic thing, where you're looking at a hedge knight and comparing him to a prostitute, who two people who do really very similar things for money you know they're they're all motivated by money and they're doing uh what they can with their bodies to make the money so it's it's a really cool um story and it it would fit very well into this world um but yeah there's a like like that would be the one thing i would focus on were you to do a draft two for sure Mm -hmm. yeah yeah um no, I think that's definitely it. You've mentioned that Dunk has a an idealistic view of nobility, mm-hmm. and that is what I was kind of taking as a given, I suppose, instead of describing it in the piece itself, is that this is a guy who doesn't see things as they are. He sees things as he wants them to be. Mm. Um, and so the idea that he is with a woman that was paid to have sex with him rubs him the wrong way so that was kind of the idea with like even that realization in the tavern itself when she says time to go up it's like oh you're just this this is a paid person and then later on when he actually sees the money that really sets him off it's interesting i think the actual the actual sir dunk would if he was going to have an adverse reaction to something like that it would be because the act was not honorable this is a, a man after Ned Stark's own heart. This is a guy who, who lives and breathes honor, and that is all he knows. And mm-hmm. if there was, for whatever reason, that he was somehow besmirching the honor of the woman to sleep with her, that might be a reason why he'd be upset. So Okay. Mm-hmm. So I think we can move into some kind of final thoughts here and give yeah. you your scores. Uh, so just a couple more things to think about in terms of how sure. this piece was written. Um, there were two points of note. So the first is that the sex talk was very limited. Um, so, you know, you, you do refer to his manhood three times, 
Uh, but I, I feel like this may have needed some more graphic description. And certainly in Martin's work, the descriptions are more graphic than that. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a very PG encounter, which... However, at the same time, I really, really loved your description of Lara in this. Like, I thought that was like the most George R. R. Martin thing that you had in this piece is this um, this character whose attention snaps to look at this woman and we go into this somewhat gratuitous, not overbearing, but it it's a description that definitely tells you that the character, our viewpoint character of Dunk, is checking her out. Yes. You know, the way you describe her, you describe her body, you describe her hair, you describe her face, you describe her eyes. That's all very Martin. He is a guy who knows viewpoint more than probably any other working writer right now. So you, I thought you nailed that. That Plus, you started right off the bat with describing food. Always a good thing to do. Excellently done, <laughs> yep. Yeah. Um, so that's actually a part that I, I think is the strongest in this piece. Well, I, I will agree that I thought the description was strong. But even there, um, you say curves instead of breasts, you know, instead of actually being specific with it. Um, and I, I feel, again, that those euphemisms are more modern and less in Martin's style. But the viewpoint of it was absolutely spot on. Uh, so the other thing I was going to note is that I didn't get a feel for the tavern life. right? So the scene takes place in a tavern, but I didn't get much of a feel for it after we move on past the food. You know, this is a tournament. Mm. It should be raucous. There should be horrors. Mm. There should be knights and people making bold promises. Um, I, I was missing some of that flavor there. Okay, yeah. Yeah, it's a good point. It was a bit of a white room, uh, mm-hmm. for sure. Uh, I was act- I was impressed. I liked that they were at a tavern, and uh, because it is something we don't see in the very much at all in the uh, in the Dunkin' Egg tales, because they're so poor and they're <laughs> they have no money that that for them to have gone to eat food and stay at an inn means that Dunk did really, really well. So like if you you had that that context, like if you had that context in there, uh, Dunk would probably spend a lot of time describing how like lucky he is to uh, have done well enough to be in a place like that. And also how much it still hurts him to spend the money, even though they totally deserve it. Like there would, like I know Martin would spend a lot of time talking about that because he does. He spends an excessive amount of time talking about um, whether a expense is a splurge or not in uh, the Dunkin' Egg Tales. Um, And that's not a fault of yours at all. I just think it's, it's an interesting thing. Had this been written by George Martin himself, that would be in there. Yeah, I hit on that a little bit, but not as hard as I think you mentioned. Mm-hmm. Um, that Dunk doesn't want to complain about the meat because he's just pleased not to have to hunt for it. <laughs> yeah. Um, yes. But, yeah, I, it's funny because I didn't know why they were called Hedge Knights. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, and so I had to I looked that you up. looked it up because they sleep under up. hedges. Yeah, that's <laughs> why they're called. I, I thought had it was no because idea. of how they uh, invested in derivatives. <laughs> but, you know, <laughs> you're <laughs> like smart person, money talk. Marcus, get that out of here. Uh, this is a writing podcast. We don't know anything about money because we never see it. <laughs> Sponsor uh, us. Uh, yeah, please. <laughs> yes. uh, all right. I can that's go fantastic. off listeners about the uh, right. spam emails you get when you host a podcast. Um, <laughs> but maybe that's for another time. I will move on to the rating here. Uh, yes, let's do it. So you 
are familiar with the expression making the eight. <laughs> oh, I sure am. <laughs> Which uh, the good King Robert described to us as sleeping with a woman in each of no, the seven kingdoms. Not sleeping with a woman. I, I was sorry, I was Andrewing it. Um, oh, okay. <laughs> and the free cities. Uh-huh. Um, no, no, and the Riverlands. Is it the Riverlands? It's the Riverlands. Oh. It's fucking a girl from the Seven Kingdoms and the Riverlands. There you go. <laughs> uh, so let's let's talk about your your addition subtraction here. First of all, you didn't even try my bonus points. That that song. <laughs> I know. I'm really disappointed. I know. You're and in it a took tavern. place in a tavern, and there was a body woman in it too. Oh, you know. I know. Yeah. So that that hurts you a bit. Uh, my secret I, I bonus points that. you almost got. So the secret oh, bonus that? points were that you'd pull a real George R. R. Martin and you wouldn't turn in the story until season like twenty of Sham Fiction. <laughs> <laughs> I love that because if that would have happened, it would just been guys. We start recording and I just say I don't have a story for you guys. <laughs> So when he kept stalling to start this, uh, I was thinking, oh my gosh, is he actually going to do it? He's going to do it. Uh, So you get a little little bit of the credit there. You had a story about sex and horrors, and you didn't once use the word small clothes. So that hurts you. (laughs) Small clothes. Favorite of Game of Thrones. Uh, Wow. Underwear. Yeah. Westeros, you completely forgot about that. So uh, if you would have pulled that out, it would have worked. So I'm going to give you... Uh, six and a half of the eight. You can choose what the half is. Oh, gosh. <laughs> you can choose what the half and where the half is. <laughs> oh, no. My mind immediately goes violent. Yes. Oh. As would be That's appropriate not, not in this short story. Here, buddy. I know. It's like. <laughs> no, Marcus, I, I interpreted it the same way. I think it's on you. Oh, you guys are the worst. <laughs> I don't care if you're a Greyjoy, you do not pay the iron price for sex. <laughs> that we can all take that lesson home to the bank. Listeners, do not pay the iron price for sex. <laughs> all right, so Eric, what are you going to give the man? Um, okay, so I, I, you nailed so many things that I love. Just some Martinisms. Like, you got the food, you got the description of the woman that I already mentioned, um, but it was a little bit tamer than Game of Thrones, which is, I actually think, appropriate for a a, uh, a Knight of the Seven Kingdoms, a tale of Dunk and Egg, because it is a little mm. bit more appropriate, a little bit slightly more family-friendly version. So I think you did a fantastic job there. Um, as far as my bonus points go, you got it. You did a test of the seven, which you mentioned mm-hmm. a few times. I said I wanted a nice uh, phrase repeated over and over, and you did it, and it worked out well. It, it played into the story, too, so full points there. Uh, you did not get my secret bonus point, nah. which is I expected a cameo <gasps> from Heath Ledger's character from A Knight's Tale. <laughs> what? <laughs> or any character from A Knight's Tale, and I didn't get it. Uh, like Alan Tudyk? Exactly. Or Robert Baratheon himself? <laughs> exactly. Because Robert Baratheon himself is in A Knight's Tale. I didn't even think of that. It. I haven't seen it. <laughs> It's so good. Check it out. It's a good movie. It's a fun movie. Um, but that's okay. I, that was just going to be fun. You would have gotten full points had that happened, but you're not going to get full points now. So there. Um, so the score I'm going to give you, and uh, I'm trying to remember the money in this world because you'd mentioned the silver stag, which is actually yeah. a really good price for a, a, a prostitute in the Western. Oh, it I sure gotta is. Say. Yeah. That's a, yeah. She's, she's good at what she does. Getting more yeah. than a few coppers. <laughs> Yes. 
So, how many coppers is in a silver stag? Does anybody know offhand? A lot. Yeah, like is it like eleven thousand or something? Or no, no, that's a. Uh, it's like a couple hundred. I looked up the money system, yeah. and it is whack. I think it's like <laughs> the numbers: six talents are, and fifteen canuts. Yeah, there you go. Something like that. How many sickles? <laughs> Which is do I get? what I defaulted to when we were talking about uh, a uh, uh, a man of wait. How does that go? What was the thing? Rathfus. Pat Rothfuss. Yeah. Somebody help me out. In the name of the king. In the name of the king, yes. In the name of the wind. I also defaulted to that, but I won't this time. I'm going to assume you're right and say it's 11,000 coppers for a silver stag. No, I am wrong. No, 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 we're going with it. So out uh, out of that entire silver stag, you are getting 985 coppers. Oh my goodness! So I thought it was it was very good. There were th- some things you could work on. Wait a second! On. Wait a second! What? You're giving me 985 out of 11,000. Oh, 9,000. <laughs> that is a terrible. That's a terrible score. 9,850. <laughs> 9,851. Wink, wink. All oh right. wow! Thank you. You guys are way too nice on well, me. My goodness. Well done, Mr. Neil. I think that the tone of it was good. Um, Game of Thrones and the series, Martin does such a good job of setting us up for one thing, then making things dark. (laughs) Yeah. So I appreciated that was your structure. If you want to read The Knight of the Seven Kingdoms, the collection of the three tales of Dunk and Egg thus far published, there's an excellent edition that was released uh, with art by Gary Gianni. Remember, the original is written by George Er Er Martin. And get it wherever you get books, you know? If you've ever read something and you found a book there, go out to that place again and say, hey, do you have this one? And they might have it. So that's the way to do it. Once again, wherever books are sold. Wherever books are sold. We don't know wherever books go. <laughs> wherever books go. <laughs> uh, all right, guys, anything you want to say to good, our listeners before we wrap it up? Oh, man. No, not for me. Uh, nope. Nope. Uh, <laughs> you know you know nothing, listeners. Oh it's fantastic. Man. See you next week. Bye. Bye. This has been Andrew Neal for some show. He did it. You get it he out did it. <laughs> Treasure pure energy. Alright. Bye. 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 Sham Fiction is produced by Two Jackets Productions, which is Eric Carlson, Marcus Mann, and Andrew Neal. Special thanks to Reed Reimer for providing the music. For a full list of episodes and to read this week's fiction, visit shamfiction.com. Follow us on Twitter at shamfiction, and please, don't forget to subscribe and rate the show. Sham Fiction. Write what you don't know. Listeners. Meet me here next week, same time, same place. Marcus will be skipping English to bring you the dirt on some long-haired lugs, some pinhead thugs, and maybe even some guy named Tug. So keep your ear to the ground, because this next episode might just hit you like a ton of... Well, let's just say it could leave a mark, and you wouldn't want to attract any undue attention in homeroom. Trust me, I just want to keep you safe. Until next time. <laughs>